Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky will begin a day of high-level meetings on Capitol Hill. He is set to meet with senators and have a one-on-one -on -one meeting with the House Speaker Mike Johnson before he heads to the White House. Senators are getting more pessimistic about a deal on immigration in order to greenlight aid to Ukraine. Republicans say Zelensky's visit will not do anything to change their demands that U.S. border policy be dealt with as part of this. We, we have responsibility in the United States of America. That would mean me going back to my state and saying I care about people in other countries, but I don't care about what's happening in my own country. It's important that we actually do two things at once here. And we're the United States of America. It's not that we look at other nations and go, gosh, they're really in trouble, but we're going to ignore our own needs as well. We've got to actually pay attention to our own needs while we're also dealing with the needs around the world as well. That was Oklahoma Republican Senator James Lankford, who is the lead Republican negotiator on immigration policy, the lead Democratic negotiator on all this. Senator Chris Murphy has warned, quote, the future of the world is at stake if we fail. Murphy also says Putin is delighting in Republicans' insistence that we get a deal on immigration reform. Russia does appear to be celebrating. Look at Russian state TV. What's happening in the U.S. is beneficial for us. Ukraine is losing. Russia is winning. This is it. Their funding and weapons came to an end. As of now, well done, Republicans. They're standing firm. That's good for us. Even Mitch McConnell, well done, Gramps. Joining us now is Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut. Senator, you said the future of the world is at stake. And you're shaking your head, I think, because of what you just heard from Russian state television. You guys have 48 hours. Are you going to get this done? Well, I hope that President Zelensky's visit is impactful, but that's absolutely remarkable to listen to uh, Vladimir Putin's mouthpieces on Russian state TV celebrating uh, Republicans' decision to hold up aid to Ukraine, which they say they support because they want to get Trump border policies put into law, something that the American people don't support. I, I just think this is too important to play games over. Yes, I'm in the room trying to figure out a path forward on these Republican demands because failure cannot be an option. But we shouldn't have to be here. If we all agree that it would be terrible for America and terrible, terrible for the world for Vladimir Putin to march through Ukraine and potentially into Europe, then let's stop him from doing that. I have lots of domestic political priorities. I would like to see universal background checks or a ban on assault weapons passed. But I am not conditioning my support to stop Vladimir Putin's march into Ukraine upon the resolution of my domestic political priorities, because if all of us did that, Washington would grind to a halt. We've got to get things done when we agree. And Republicans say that they support Ukraine funding. So I wish they would just put their votes where their mouth is. Instead, we are in a difficult negotiation on border policy that may come to a conclusion this week. It may not. But uh, the future of the world really is at stake. James Langford, who we just heard from, your Republican um, counterpart in all of this, said, uh, look, it's the Biden administration, the president that coupled this all together in his supplemental request. He put border funding with Ukraine and Taiwan and Israel funding. You said the White House is more involved now. Do you think he has a point by saying the Biden administration coupled it together and now we've got to deal with it together? 
I don't, because it's fairly normal for there to be these emergency spending bills before Congress when we have insufficient funds for um, the operation of the border or for our foreign policy objectives. It's very different to say, on top of that funding, we are going to make major changes in law. And that's what Republicans are asking for. They are asking for very severe, very draconian immigration policy changes, policy changes that they know could not pass if they weren't holding up support uh, for the war against Vladimir Putin. But isn't that um, so the exact I, I just point? Think that's the difficulty. Isn't that the isn't that their exact point? Is, well, this is a moment. It's a crisis. I think many people agree what's happening at the border is a crisis. So this is a moment we got to deal with it at home, and then we're going to help Ukraine too. Yeah, I, I, I think we should separate the two. I don't think that um, Vladimir Putin should be given a green light to invade. Uh, and conquer Ukraine and Europe simply because mm -hmm. uh, for 40 years we've had a tough time coming to a conclusion on immigration policy. But listen, Poppy, we're going to work at this. I, I'm, I'm at the table. I hear what mm -hmm. Republicans have been saying. We're going to try to come to a conclusion. And I'm sitting down with Senator Langford and others in good faith this week. And you did point out, look, in your words, this is 10 times more complicated than even gun reform. Uh, to have comprehensive immigration reform, which I think speaks to just what you guys are up against. You know what I'm really struck by, Senator, is, um, is the sentiment of the American people. There are a number of new polls out that show that the support for more funding for Ukraine is waning. I mean, just look at the Pew numbers. 31% of Americans think the U.S. is providing too much support to Ukraine. The same thing is reflected in Gallup. What do you say to those people at home who feel that way? How do you change their hearts and minds? Well, I, I, listen, I, I think we do labor uh, under the consequences of really bad American foreign policy mm -hmm. for the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. When the American public looks at the places where the United States has been involved or funded wars overseas, few of them have gone right. I, I admit that, right? From Vietnam to Afghanistan to Iraq to Syria. Um, but this is different. This is the World War II, the post-World War II order coming undone. And if big countries can reset their borders by invading smaller countries, uh, then I think it's just a matter of time before American troops are directly at war with a big power abroad, whether it be Russia mm. or China. So this feels different to me. Um, if we don't hold the line here, mm -hmm. uh, ultimately, I think we're going to have American men and women fighting and dying overseas, which is something that I don't want and the American people don't want. Senator Murphy, Thursday marks 11 years since the tragic massacre at Sandy Hook Elementary. It is the reason it propelled you to Congress to try to change things. This has been your fight on guns of your entire career in Congress. Um, the youngest Sandy Hook victim would be 17 today. They'd be finishing high school. They'd be planning for college. They'd be with their family getting ready, celebrating Hanukkah, getting ready for Christmas, all of that. Our latest analysis at CNN is that there have been 80, 80 school shootings just so far this year, most of them on K through 12 campuses. Reflect on the last 11 years, where we are and where we go. Yeah, listen, obviously this is a really hard time for all of us uh, as we get ready to mark 11 years since Sandy Hook. I've you know, spent a lot of time with the families from Sandy Hook at this time, um, and there's a dissent that happens for all of them as they get ready for December 14th. Um, and yes, the mass shootings, the school shootings are still at historic highs, but there is some good news. We passed last year the first 
um, bipartisan major change in gun laws in 30 years. We broke the back of the NRA. And overall gun violence rates in this country are actually down by a significant number since we passed that bill, over 10 percent. The mass shootings are still high, but there are far fewer people dying from uh, guns this year than last year because we passed legislation making it harder for dangerous people to get guns. Now, uh, that means there's 100 people, not 110 people dying every day. That's still far too high, but it shows what is possible. And what is possible is real changes in gun laws because we have built a movement since Sandy Hook of kids, adults, community members uh, to make sure that we are more powerful than the NRA. So it is a very sad time of the year. But for me, it's a reminder of what is possible and what we've actually achieved in the last decade.